doors, you kick down walls. And anyone who tells you, you can't, you take your fears, your insecurities, your worries, you roll them all up into a ball, you turn those son bitches sideways and stick them straight up, they can't be out. Pick your goal and stick fucking to it. You wishy-washy motherfuckers. I can't fucking stand you. I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, I need the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome inside the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast. I am your host, fitnessinformant.com founder and CEO, Ryan Buckeye. Welcome inside episode 12. That's right, episode 12, featuring the goddess, the woman of iron herself, Ashley Horner, who quite frankly might be the best guest that I've ever had on this show. And that says a lot because we had eight-time Mr. Olympia, Ronnie Coleman, be the first guest of the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. But Ashley is fucking awesome. She was great to have on. She's the first lady of Fitness Informants podcast. And by mean what I mean by that is she was like the first lady we've had on this podcast. And I've been trying to get her for a while. Thankfully, a mutual connection between Chris Gethin, who has been on this podcast before, set it up and made it happen. But Wow, really good, really good conversation with Ashley Horner. We talk about everything. We talk about her start in fitness when she was a fitness model and somebody that was competing. She made a million dollars before the age of 30 years old, and she turned it into what is now basically a, a philanthropic effort with Ashley Horner, with American Brew Coffee, uh, with the Un- Unbroken Foundation that she has that we talk about. We talk about everything. We talk about her, uh, her her quest to gain and gain respect within the industry, being a woman and how the industry has come and how the world has come. And, and she has, has some really good advice for women in general within this industry, within business, because obviously she does run her own business as well. And she's very successful, a mother of three, and is still able to bust ass and be a badass like she is. So it was awesome. Awesome to have her on. That is going to be coming up here in just a little bit. And I'm assuming most of you listening to the podcast are here to listen to Ashley and not so much me. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, definitely appreciate you tuning in. Do us a favor. If you like what you hear today on the podcast, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes or if you're listening on Spotify, Google Play or Google Podcast, YouTube, subscribe and go ahead and write us a review. Rate and review us. That helps us up in the, in the, uh, uh, the algorithm to move up in the ranking so more people can discover the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. I want to personally thank everyone who listened to episode 11, which the title of that podcast was Steroids Save My Life. Uh, it was basically my admission to going on testosterone replacement therapy in August of 2018. I am on steroids now uh, prescribed by a doctor for my health, and it's been awesome. But the outpouring of support from the fans of Fitness Informant, from friends, from family members, and people who I've never met before on YouTube – who had said that my story inspired them to go get their own blood work done, or my story, they can relate to it because they're experiencing some of the same fatigue signals that I had. So I appreciate everybody who has reached out. I'm here for you. Ryan at fitnessinformant.com. You can go ahead and send us a DM on Instagram. It's at fitinformant. Send us a message on Facebook. It's fitnessinformant on Facebook. Uh, Tweet us at fitinformant as well. That definitely works, but I'm here for you. I'm here to help you get through whatever it is that you're going through in any way possible, shape, or form that I can do to help provide assistance from my standpoint, I want to do. Uh, here, episode 12, we welcome back in Shane from Stack to Talk, World of Supplements and Big Stories of the Week. Uh, I know we miss Shane here. Shane's actually going to be a father here pretty soon as well. So we might not hear from Shane again in a little bit. Uh, but make sure you check out fitnessinformant.com. A lot of new reviews have just recently gone up. We have some reviews over there from Pierce Labs, including the Noxygen Liquid Caps. It's the Noxygen, but in a capsule form. That just went up. Now, we also have Pierce Labs Stim Pack that just went up. We also have the number one hangover remedy on the planet called Neutralize that we posted up. And really, I didn't really believe in this stuff, and I don't drink ever. So therefore, when I do drink, I suffer from an extreme hangover. Neutralize, full review over at fitnessinformant.com. It is well worth every 
Recovery Penny to avoid the hangover. Uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, plenty of, of things. We have Top Tier Athletics, Eight Hours. It's a sleep aid that we just uh, published too. So for those of you interested in sleep aids or having issues sleeping at night, we have a whole section on fitnessinformant.com for the sleep aids. So I don't want to round up and spend too much of the time here discussing uh, Fitness Informant because most of you listening to this have been to the website before. You know what we're about. We're about honesty, transparency, and integrity. And our guest today, Ashley Horner, really uh, just exemplifies all of that. She is just a, a phenomenal person, human being, inside and out, beautiful person, inside and out, uh, uh, just an inspiration of the role model, not just for women. But for men too, and uh, I really hope that you have the opportunity to to soak in the conversation with Ashley and take away a few tidbits and, and learn something from the podcast. Because obviously, that's the goal of each podcast we do: is that you take something away, apply it to your life, and live a better version of your life through fitness, through mental health, etc. Whatever it might be, maybe it's giving back. You know, in Ashley's case, where she didn't feel fulfilled until she finally did something in which she gave back, and uh, that's been sort of her mission ever since. So uh, we're gonna bring in Shane here from. Stack, and then shortly, right after Shane, we will bring in the woman of iron herself, Ashley Horner. I never look pretty. I don't need to. All right, guys, welcome back inside the Be Informed Live Fit podcast, sponsored by Jobber, providing the best headsets for both the workplace and your workout. The man across the screen, Shane from Stacked, back on the podcast. Now, I was saying before we came on, this is probably the last time most people are going to see this beautiful face before this beautiful face becomes a dad bod. Dude's going to be a father here in like two weeks from this recording, so... By the time you listen to this out there, depending on when you listen to it, I mean, he might have a, a little child, a little mini-me running around joining the, joining the dad bod family. So congratulations from all of us here. I'm sure a lot of people out there in the supplement world have been reaching out and saying congratulations too. The big question is, are you ready? Are you ready to be a father? Yeah, of course right. I am. Of course you I'm are. Excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm amped. Uh, my wife is, is, you know, she's ready to get, get it out and get it over with, but I'm just like, every day I'm, I'm very excited and It'll be t- difficult to to fit work in with what we do, but you know I need a challenge. I like a challenge, so it should yeah. be uh, should be fun. You're gonna be burning from both ends of the candle. So if people are waiting for like a stacked update, or maybe there hasn't been news posted on the stack Facebook page for say two hours, give the man a goddamn break. He's trying to be a father, so it's uh, uh it'll be interesting. I mean, but first and foremost, man, take care of the family first before you need to inform yeah. all of us about the supplement industry. Uh, we'll we'll figure that out. But a lot has been going on in the supplement industry as late. Probably the biggest news uh, came down the pipe that you posted about. We posted about Fitness Informant. Skyvation is no longer the brand that we all. That that Mark Loblinger started and built, and then they they made BCAA's famous and huge, and they decided to drop the Skyvation tag from their branding and moved everything over to just Extend. Was there a were they just trying to start new beginning? Because I feel maybe I don't was, were they stagnant? Did they feel like they hit a plateau in the Skyvation era that they wanted to spice things up and change things in their world? I I don't know. Like I mean, when they explained it to me over like the last couple of weeks. Um, the whole idea of switching, you know, extend to more of a brand. I did ask them, and they said that the the you know the original salvation that's not really going anywhere. They're still keeping that. That's not being like completely. No one's gonna, no one's going to refer to it though. No one's ever going to say no, salvation no, anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know that, right? It's going to be extend protein, extend BCAAs. Yeah. The way they explained to me is that all the extend products will be known as you know extend pro from extend, extend original, extend energy. But the um, uh, they said that they wanted to make it clear that salvation isn't going anywhere. So I'm curious. They didn't say what's going to happen if, like, you know, they're still going to launch products under that brand. Yeah. But they made it a point to tell me that that wasn't completely out the door. So I don't. I think the focus now is clearly, obviously, you know, extend. And I think it'll be very much like uh, kind of like the C4 story. Yeah. Um, sure. I feel like we're just going to see some branching out, which makes sense. It's kind of like. Yeah. Extend brand has kind of become like the C4. You know, they've got C4 is just such a strong name, and then yeah. they've just an offshoot to that. So it's it looks like we might be seeing a lot of that, um, you know, already with the Extend Pro protein powder and then the Extend Original, which is just the rebranded version of the Extend BCAs. 
Yeah, it's interesting because you pointed out to me, we, we talked kind of immediately after we posted about this, how their new Extend Pro has seven grams of BCAAs in it. Now, just for a reference, and you reference this and I'll reference this too, like your typical 25 grams of protein are probably going to have about five grams of BCAAs reg- right away just with the, the amino acid profile that makes up protein. But they, add, they actually went ahead and they added in. If you look at the ingredient deck on their protein, it's going to have your whey protein isolate and then you're going to have um, you know cocoa or whatever it is for the flavor. But then they're actually going to have leucine, isoleucine, and valine listed a second time, which means that they're actually adding BCAAs to match their extended BCAAs, which is seven grams of BCAAs. So it's a clever move on their part. Um, and I, I don't see many supplement companies actually adding in additional BCAAs to a protein butter. So I think this is maybe a way that they're trying to differentiate themselves from that market because we both know there's not a ton of margin in protein. So for them to get into that market um, is interesting. How do you think it's going to do it? I mean, for, have, you tra- have you tasted it yet? I have not I yet either. Tried, I haven't tried it yet, but, you know, I imagine it's pretty good. It's, you know, it's from Nutribolt. They really do things. They, they, they tend to flavor things pretty damn well. Um, and I think it would be interesting. I think it's just going to be, you know, another, another interesting competitor. You've got to make things different to make it strong in terms of protein powder these days. So then they did that. Um, I have seen a few other brands that added BCAAs, like, uh, not, not a lot of them, you know, doing it as transparently as these guys did, like mm-hmm. listing that they have added it. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, see how it works with them. Obviously, you know, it's just starting out with the, the, the new era of the extend brand. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see more and more uh, developments from here. Yeah, absolutely. And one area that's actually blowing up in the United States and has been for several years and sounds like it's blowing up in the UK and across these two is this idea of plant-based products and, and plant-based focus, especially in the protein game. So we have a lot of vegan proteins here, pea protein, soy protein, whatever it might be. And you look at um, the new grenade killer, that's the, or the new carb killer coming out from grenade. Um, and they have a, a new vegan-friendly bar, I hear, that they're launching over by you first but it sounds like they want to bring it over to the state side yeah so they launched this one uh it was two weeks ago generally when they launch things in in like worldwide i have only seen them do like once maybe twice where they've actually had it in the u.s the uk and europe and then pushed it all at the same time so people could get it everywhere um but usually it's like it hit the uk and europe you know they're based there that's where they're from uh, grenade and then they'll then send it over to the U.S. or it will be on the way to the U.S. And so U.S. customers have to wait a while or they just don't get it at all. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a, it's called the Carb Killer Go Nuts. It's pretty much like a just a, a, a juicy peanut uh, bar. Uh, they've added rice protein, soy isolate, and um, pretty much, yeah, like designed it to be a vegan alternative. It's a very different build to the typical Carb Killer. As I said, it's, a, it's got like a little base layer of chocolate, but then it's got, you know, a full body of peanuts. Um, so yeah, it's it is it goes under the cow killer name, but it's a, it's a very different uh, body build, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, I'm going to get to try some soon. But um, it's a great offering for them, you know, because they've had just the cow killer out and right. more than ten flavors for such a long time, and it's good to see spinoffs like this. Yeah, and you mentioned the name Go Nuts, another product that was recently released and announced for us from Anabolic Designs, and they are they're kind of doing some really cool things under the radar. And I don't if people listening to this podcast maybe don't know the name Anabolic Designs, but first and foremost, they make some of the best supplements on the planet. I mean, their supplements in general are super high quality, but this isn't a supplement. This is a a nut butter spread that essentially includes the carbs and fats, but has an additive in it that makes them non-digestible and it's called professor nuts and it's super intriguing what do you know about this and i mean we got to talk to frank and joe and get our hands on some of this because it sounds really cool and it sounds tasty yeah so it launched uh i think it was last week uh the past few days um it's uh 12.99 for a jar 350 grams it's pretty much like a peanut butter um but they promote it on their site like with the nutrition profile and then they list protein and then they list instead of carbohydrates, it's listed as digestible carbohydrates and digestible fat. And they're both listed as zero. And like the idea is, is that they've included ingredients that make the fat and carbs in the peanut butter, uh, undigestible or, you know, just basically pass through is the, is the whole idea. And it's, uh, it's very interesting. It's, it's, it's not something I've seen yeah, I've ever seen it before, and I like I thought that 
I, I mean, yes, it's a great thing in peanut butter, but I was like, you should be putting this in several other things. I mean, if it was in a protein bar and you could somehow make these things work to right. protein bar and, and you could even pass that off as digestible calories and it's, it'd be interesting. Like this picks up, gets going, gets good attention and they even expand into other things. Yeah, it's super interesting because you, you, we were talking before we came on the air about why we eat peanut butter. And really, like I eat peanut butter because I'm trying to get fucking big. Like I want to get big, so I eat a bunch of peanut butter because of the fats and carbs in it. So I'm not sure if this product then is just more for those who maybe are on prep who need to really watch more of their macros. And now they can say, well, look, in terms of digestible fats and digestible carbs, I'm getting zero. So therefore, mm-hmm. it is you know macro-friendly for me and my prep for this bodybuilding show or whatever. And I can still enjoy the flavor of peanut butter and the texture, which a lot of people like too. Because it is – I mean if you don't like peanut butter – you're fucking weird. First off, I mean, I that's... think it's yeah. I think that's the goal is sort of like you know, having a candy bar that doesn't come with the bad stuff. Like, if you like peanut butter, you still get the protein from this, and we've managed to make the the, the fat and carbs somehow undigestible. So, I mean, this could be revolutionary. Not just, I mean, like to your point, if we start putting this in some of the protein bars, which are fat and carb yeah, heavy, yeah. and and in outside the sports nutrition industry, there's a lot of products that could use stuff like this. And oh, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I do. I think it's great that it started in peanut butter. It's it's a unique product to pick to put this in. But I mean, if they could expand this into, I mean, there's a mountain of things that they could try and work this into, and it would just be, I mean, a protein bar with 20 grams of protein, and then 80 calories, like, which is pretty much how they're doing the the, yeah. the the nut butter. They're promoting it as seven grams of protein with you know 28 calories, like that would be insane. And I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, where it goes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what also is interesting over the last year, there's been this sort of, uh, not sort of. There's this brand out there that has formulated some really unique products. They've done some very limited edition releases uh, in terms of small batch sizes, maybe 4,000 made. The, the brand's called Mile Blocks, and I've tried uh, Mile Blocks Local, one of their special edition pre-workouts, which was very good. And I think that they have some some of the better formulas on on the planet uh, that I've tried. Their price point's a little bit higher, but they're, they're doing a spin-off brand or a new brand called Black Magic. And what I think is funny, first off, the labels are, are awesome. I like, like the cleanness of the black and white, but it reminds me of black cats, like the old school fireworks that I used to play with as a kid when I tried to blow my hand off. So I'm not sure if that was the inspiration behind it. But do we have any inclination in terms of how many skews or how is this different? How is Black Magic going to differentiate itself from the Mile Blocks product line? Um, they describe it as like... They said the dark side, or like kind of the, the more hardcore side of Myoblocks is, is kind of the concept behind um, Black Magic. You can see, I think, in because the, they, they have a pre-workout, they have a muscle builder, and they have a uh, amino. Um, I think you can see uh, bits of uh, Myoblocks kind of uh, feeling in there, in the pre-workout sure. especially. But it's, um, you know, the pretty much along the same lines I feel as my blocks maybe a little bit more intense a little bit more hardcore um, they do have like I said they got three products there's another one that's meant to be coming uh, information is meant to be dropping this week they've launched it to retailers uh, so from what I've heard they're yeah, just making it available through them their retail channels at the moment and then this week or hopefully this week they'll have a website where you can buy everything um, direct from the brand but yeah i mean this the formulas look pretty good it's uh i, I feel that their their uh their description of being like a, a dark side of myoblocks is, is actually pretty fitting for these guys um myoblocks like was already a very well formulated brand and these guys mm-hmm. are very so i mean the whole concept of like magic is uh yeah just that little bit little step further i feel It'll be interesting. It'll be cool. I mean, it's just add another brand to the 775,000 brands that are out there right now in the sports <laughs> nutrition industry. But uh, if they can differentiate themselves, you know, that'll be that'll be key. We're coming into, um, you know, we're middle of November. We're coming into that season where everybody's starting to make their New Year's resolutions and, and stuff. So it's going to the uh, $85 billion industry is what I heard the sports nutrition industry is going to be by 2022. So the more the more brands that come in, you know, the, the black magics of the world and mile blocks like contribute to that. Eighty-five billion dollars. 
uh, and the people who you know make those New Year's resolutions by those useless fat burners that don't work for them and they sit on the couches. It's always interesting. But hey, man, this has been good. A lot of good insight. Uh, and if you guys need to keep up, obviously, outside the podcast every two weeks, it might not get your supplement news fix. So it's S-T-A-C-K-3D.com. He posts every uh, probably 30 seconds, I think, on the site, I feel like. Uh, again, it might change here in a couple of weeks when when uh, little baby little baby stack comes into the world. Uh, but I'm, you better get a onesie. You better get a stack branded onesie for your baby and make sure that that you know repping yeah, that all the time a few, a few from supplement companies there you go uh, we've got a nutribol or salicol one we've got a, a muscle tech one so our baby's already been branded i'll obviously begin one you know stack hopefully but uh yeah yeah all right dude well then we will uh we'll try to catch up with you when we can but uh thanks for coming on again appreciate you again it's stack 3d shane has pretty little face next time he's on he'll probably have some bags in his eyes though because he's not going to be sleeping the whole night Welcome back inside the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. Our next guest I'm super stoked about. In an industry that's more dominated by men, this selflessness person stands out in a sea of selfishness. Ashley Horner, you're more than just a fitness icon. Like You're literally such a good human being that I'm so excited to have you on this episode to be an inspiration for men and women who obviously look up to you, including myself. So thank you so much for making the time to come on. Thank you for having me. So I have a question for you, and I got a lot of questions from people. And my biggest question is, what, what exactly is more exhausting for you? Is it training for these triathlon things that you do, or is it being a mom of three children on Halloween night when you have to dress <laughs> them up, take them out, and do all the things that you're supposed to do as a parent? Oh, well, I think the, uh, the exhaustion part from being a mom, I mean, I guess they're both rewarding. Right. But, um... I don't know. Definitely being a mom is pretty pretty exhausting. I mean, it can happen at all hours of the night. Yeah. Um, What's the age range of your kids, from your oldest to your youngest? What's the age range there? 11, okay. 9, and 4. All right. So you have, yeah, you have some years of experience. So I think you, did you learn a lot from, from the 11-year-old to the 9-year-old now to the 4-year-old, or are they completely different from one another? Uh, it's all different. And I feel like from the, yeah, they're all different. Their personalities are different. Their needs are different. So I don't believe there's one child like another. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably a good thing. I mean, I don't think you want yeah. two identical children by any means. So my <laughs> wife and I just had our first kid two months ago, and we're like learning on the go. You know, you get home from the hospital, and they expect you to know all these things. And it's like, oh, you know, what do we do now? So it's, to your point, super rewarding. But yeah, now we have one, and it's, it's tiresome. So um, again, like I mentioned, a lot of questions, but there's a lot of things that I want to get to in terms of Obviously, your fitness and, and the inspiration you have with the fitness community, but a lot of the humanitarian stuff that you do, because I think that is super important, because I open this with saying you're a very selflessness person, because so many people in fitness in this industry use their social media platforms and their fame for personal gains um, and selfish reasons, and you turn yours into to amazing reasons. Uh, tell me about the idea behind running 50 triathlon distance uh, events in 50 days in 48 states, two in Haiti to raise money for the children in Haiti because they can't, obviously they can't afford like education over there. Where, where did the inspiration come to do something that some people will call it insane, crazy, um, which is, which is fair because not a normal human being can do that. But where did you get that from? Like where, what, what point were you sitting there thinking, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go public with this. And this is, this is my goal. Um, well, I picked the, you know, triathlons, like especially the, the full distance, the Ironman distance, yeah. which is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and then a 26.2 mile run. I picked it because it is the hardest event out there. I think it's, you know, you can argue for quite a while on, um, you know, some of the events out there that are, um, that are offered to athletes to push themselves. And I believe that is the one that tries you not only physically, but it also tries you um, mentally and emotionally. And that's why first and foremost, that I wanted to pick that um, beyond that. I had already done like a lot of other things. I had, I had done the long run across Haiti. I did a really long bike ride from Virginia to Oklahoma and I swam the month of November. I believe it was last year. It was somewhere around 300 miles. Um, and I actually, um, I missed my mark on that by 
almost a hundred miles and um the people in my community picked up the picked up the mileage for me which was super cool yeah so you know i just it does sound crazy i guess it didn't sound crazy to me um but to a lot of people yeah it did sound crazy what's your love for haiti where'd that come from you know it's a it's a really long um i mean dating way back to whenever i was in high school um I can't really recall a specific moment there. Uh, and in fact, a long time, I had actually wanted to be involved with Haiti. Somehow I wasn't sure what I wanted to do uh, with my efforts in Haiti. And then I had a, um, a friend out here, an acquaintance. She happened to do some of the marketing for an orphanage out in Haiti whose uh, board of directors actually happened to be here in uh, Virginia Beach. Sure. And it was it was actually extremely weird <laughs> how it all happened because literally the night before I was just talking about it with another friend about how I wanted to get involved with Haiti, how I wanted to use, you know, the money that I've been blessed with that I have, um, you know, made with my businesses to be able to give that back. And, but I was just always so like hesitant because I couldn't really, I didn't want to just give my money to an organization. Sure. I wanted to actually be involved. I wanted to see, um, I wanted to see where the money was going. I wanted to actually go there and be a part of, of whatever it was and not just give. So I think I, I personally think people are born with a philanthropy type mindset. Like you're innocent as a kid, you you're meant to be good. You're meant to be do good. But somewhere along the way, people lose sight of that, and they either become not a good person, or if they are a good person, maybe they don't do necessarily good things all the time. What has kept you inspired? At what point did you decide in your journey throughout life that you wanted to make it a mission of your own to, to give back to others who maybe aren't as fortunate as yourself, and you have this platform, a huge Instagram following, and obviously so many people look up to you, but what was the burning reason behind just using your platform for good versus what a lot of other people use it for? So for the longest time, it, it was almost like, I feel like all of us are looking for something that fulfills us, right? Yeah. Like if, 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 if we don't feel fulfilled by something, it's kind of like, what's the point? You know, mm -hmm. we usually just stop, give up or move on to the next. And for me over the past, you know, probably dated back like seven years ago. Um, for me, I wanted, I thought being successful for, you know, for myself, I thought that would be fitness modeling. And I chased that and I became a bona fide fitness model and it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't feel success. Like it didn't feel like I thought that it should have felt like. So then I started um, chasing like some of the sponsorships and the endorsements as an athlete and competing and stuff. I got that and I landed some sponsorships and it, you know, I thought that would be like, kind of like, you know, the, the pinnacle of success. And I got there and like, it wasn't, it didn't feel any different. And so then I started chasing financial success. And before I was even 30, I made over a million dollars, my first million dollars. And it was like, I got there and it was like, it wasn't even anything. Sure. I was like, you know, now what, do, you know, it was just every time I, I thought like that I was going after something, it, I thought it would fulfill me. And I, and I got there and it actually, it didn't fulfill me at all. But the moment I started using my platform to give back in small ways or big ways or using my platform to um, raise awareness, like that's when, you know, whenever you get like a smile on your face mm -hmm. and it's like, it's just there and you it, like, you can't take the smile away. That was the type of feeling that I got. Do you remember the first charity or the first thing that you did that really sort of opened your eyes to this whole world of philanthropy and realized like, this is what fulfills me and this is what makes me happy. Yeah, I did. Um, I did burpee broad jumps around a track for 12 hours. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Through the night. Yeah. Yeah. And it was for, um, the victims. There was a, a Chattanooga shooting, mm. um, military victims. This was, gosh, I want to say maybe back in 2013, 2000, uh, maybe it was 2000. That was national news too. I, it, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, I raised money. It was about $6,000 for the families of the, the Chattanooga victims who had lost their lives. And yeah, I don't know. Like it just like, I, I love, like, I love the, I feel like whenever you do something for the good of others, like it, it, it almost is like, 
I see other people around me wanting to do more good for others, big or small. And people think or assume that it has to be some like magnitude of mm-hmm. event or like you have to give in some huge way and you really don't like, it's really just this one small act of kindness. Yeah. Um, it's very contagious. And I, I think like not only, and I never spoke with the families, I never had any interaction with them whatsoever. Um, they don't, I don't even know if they knew that it was who I was or anything, you know, they were probably going through such like a tragic time, but, um, um, but yeah, that was the, the first event that I did. And it's nice that you're able to intertwine your passions, like your, your, your passion for obviously giving back to others in need, but then your passion for fitness and a lot of the things that you're, that you've done to raise money or awareness, you are able to do things like that. Obviously you have your apparel line. You guys donate a portion of that. Uh, Valkyrie donates a portion of charity. Your, is, is it your coffee shop as well in Virginia beach? American brew, American yeah. brew, right? You guys donate. Mm-hmm. So everything that you do, even if it's like meant to advance you financially in your personal and your professional career, you're always including a give back. Uh, a mode, which I think is super cool instead of just like banking it all for yourself. Um, one of the questions that we got from, from people on, on social media is they want to know the, the inspiration behind your foundation, your charity for uh, the, the women and children who've been abused. And what, where did that start? What's the story behind that? Because it's such a powerful charity. And I think that maybe there's, I mean, I know there's not enough people that know about it because it's such a cause that is so good that more people can, contribute to and help for i want to hear more about that actual cause what what caused you to open it up and do it uh and the story behind that yeah person, but I think that we all go or have experienced these type of relationships, whether, um, they last very long or it's almost like we've all experienced some sort of emotional abuse in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe for others, it's, it's physical abuse. And in my community that I was building and the one thing that I stand on is for women to love themselves and to feel self-empowered, um, that they can get through anything, that they can achieve anything, um, to instill confidence within them. And I wanted to have this charity that would assist women in to knowing and believing that they can do it on their own. And, you know, the, um, in uh, the same efforts as opening American Brew, you know, they kind of, I opened the, my, my nonprofit the same time that I opened my coffee shop. I wanted to have a place, and, and this is kind of like a, you know, in businesses, you have like a five-year plan, mm-hmm. 10-year plan, and, and so on. But for American Brew to serve as a place to have um, five to 10 of them open up across the U.S., and for American Brew to serve as almost like an underground railroad for these women who have been abused. And you know what, it could be, I know that it's like women and children and I stand strong, like, you know, I'm I'm very vocal with women and, you Mm -hmm. know, helping children, but domestic violence or any kind of violence, it doesn't discriminate. You could be, you could be black, white, you know, man, woman, you could be a child, you can be an, you know, an elderly. So um, I definitely want to just, you know, make that statement that I, yeah. I do know, I do know that, you know, domestic violence and any sort of violence, it doesn't discriminate. Um, but yeah, so for American Brew to kind of serve as like an underground railroad um, for, for people who have been um, a part of like domestic violence in some sense. Yeah. And for them to be able to relocate. It's absolutely great. I mean, you guys can go to AshleyHorner.co. It's the Unbroken Foundation. There's a, a page on that website. You guys can actually donate to the cause. It's super awesome. Uh, I mean, we could talk about all the good work that you do, I mean, for two hours on this thing for sure, and I don't think anybody <laughs> would get sick of it. Uh, but I, I'm super – this is why I was so excited to have you on is more so because I've spoken with a lot of people already on this podcast, and there are more. There are some people who are more selfish than others. Uh, Chris Gethin, not one of them, so thank God that Chris <laughs> Gethin and you are friends because he's the one that hooked us up. I really appreciate it. And Luckily, I got to know Chris. And uh, you and Chris, like, do you guys go back a ways? Because I feel like 
if Chris was a female, he'd be you. And if you were a male, you'd be him. You're very similar in terms of like your passions in the fitness world and, and being generous to others. So what's your, what's your relationship right. with Chris? How long have you known him for? Uh, so I must have met him in 2012 at the Body Space Spokesmodel Competition okay. out in LA with Bodybuilding.com. I just remember seeing him like kind of from afar and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get too close to this guy. Sure. I think at the time he probably had like a mohawk. Oh yeah. He's like, a, a very distinct appearance for sure. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> um, and then uh, I don't know. I think like, you know, we, we would always go to the same expos together and I'm pretty sure one time he must've challenged me and I, um, like a, a quad flex, mm, you know, to mm -hmm. see who had like the biggest quads. And of course I beat him. Uh, obviously. Um, and I think, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And so I think after that, you know, we just have a lot of the same similarities. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, being involved in fitness, you said that before your age of 30, you made a million dollars, which is unbelievable, right? Like, I think anybody listening to this podcast would be like, God, that'd be sweet, right? But I mean, you also have to work to get that. It just doesn't get handed to you. And you're in an industry that, like I mentioned on the opening, is, is very much dominated by men. And if you look at even at like Mr. Olympia, right? The, the winner of Mr. Olympia makes X amount of dollars, and then the females make considerably less. So how did you... I guess, forge your own path in this world dominated by men to stand out, to make a living within fitness and not having to sell yourself out as some people may do, because you stay true to yourself. It seems like throughout your whole process, how is that possible for you to do that? Yeah. I mean, I guess if I could, you know, kind of summarize, um, what I, how I started and, and kind of like the steps that I, went together. I never started in the fitness industry, um, with the intentions on making it like, you know, going to the bank, I mm -hmm. guess some would say, um, for me at the time I was in a really bad relationship and I literally had nothing. I was just taking care of my boys and I was trying to put food on the table and my electricity was going out and it was just kind of like this back and forth of like, you know, like, what was I going to do? And, and ultimately it was like, like I had to find, I had to be successful. Like I, I had to, I had to figure it out on mm -hmm. my own. And, um, the only thing that I knew at the time, um, I mean, I guess, you know, now, um, is, is, was fitness. And I just continued, I, I did it simply because I was passionate about it in the beginning. And, you know, I, I, and I pride myself on the fact that like, I, I 100% do not follow in anybody else's footsteps. Yeah. And I think that, and like, I'll never forget one of my first interviews, actually, this was like way back when, kind of in the beginning, whenever I was starting, someone was like, like, who is your inspiration or who do you aspire to be? And it was like, it really caught me off guard. Cause I was like, I was trying to almost like make up an answer in my mind. And I was just like, I honestly don't aspire to be anybody. Mm. Like, I just, like, I just want to be, I guess I just want to be myself because there was a time that I tried to fit like in this box that I didn't, you know, I didn't fit in and I had a really hard time. You know, I did struggle with like the path and, and the direction that I wanted to go. Um, but it ultimately came down to just me honestly wanting to help other people. And I was super passionate about what I, what I do. And, you know, the whole, like, um, you know, you can say like the whole million dollars thing. Well, I've invested everything that I do. I either give it away or I invest it into other companies. Yeah. You're smart with your money. And, yeah. I think that it's, it's important to continue to continue to grow because oftentimes we get so comfortable. Like we, hit like a certain number or we, you know, reach a certain place in our life and we just become, we become comfortable yeah. with, you know, being mediocre. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, like you're investing, you're, you're giving back, you're not posing with Ferraris and all these expensive flashy cars that some people in the fitness world do, which I mean, to each of their own, they can do what they want. Um, one thing I want to, I, I know this in terms of the fitness world, when you compete, it takes not only the physical toll on you, uh, but it actually takes a huge mental hit to people. I mean, I, it, we become pseudo narcissists at some point. Like we look in the mirror and we are always constantly judging ourselves. Uh, and it's just, I think it's a mindset of fitness minded individuals who really love what they do. 
but it's not necessarily the most healthiest of all, all things to like look in the mirror and constantly be judging yourself. Did you experience that as you were going through the competition and how did you deal with that? Cause I feel not just the women, men do it too. Like I feel we have plenty of competitors that listen to this, that they struggle with that and it's anxiety for them. If they, they eat an Oreo for Christ's sakes, right? Like they freak out about it. And how do you, what would be your advice to those and how did you cope with it yourself? Yeah, I mean, every single competition I, I did, and, and I tell this, especially to girls, and I mean, it doesn't matter if it's your first competition or I feel like if it's like your third or your fourth, you're always going to stand in front of the mirror a week out from competition. Yeah. The day before competition, you're going to try to eat that load meal the night before and freak out and tell yourself that you can't do it. It's just all about, it's all about the mind. But I believe... If you've, if you've been on stage once and you've gone through the process and you've experienced all those emotions and even like the withdrawal and like the self-doubt, mm -hmm. you're going to do another competition and you're going to realize your mind is still telling you the same thing. But you know what? You got on stage and you crushed it and you probably came back the second time even looking better than you did the first time. And um, I, I think it's just learning like I, the, the mental aspect, whether you're competing or like doing a lot of the crazy ultra endurance stuff that I do now, you have to, you have to be ready and prepared for your mind because your mind is always going to try to make, to make and play tricks on you. Mm -hmm. Your mind is always going to be there and it's going to show up in the worst possible time yeah. to tell you that you're not good enough to tell you that you failed. But then, and even in the, in business, even in the business world, but, the, but it, once you start, anticipating that and you know that it's coming and you're, you know, it starts happening again and you're like, aha, I was expecting this right. and I'm not going to let it ruin me this time. It's interesting. Cause I feel like it's a cycle. Like you have the lows of training, like you're training, sometimes you're doing two days and you're exhausted and you're just like, why am I questioning why you're doing what you're doing? Then you step on stage and your smiles and you get to look beautiful and pretty for that day. And then you get to have that epic cheat meal. And then a week after you kind of down yourself and you start gaining a little bit of that post-show weight that, Inevitably, everybody's going to do, so don't freak out about it. Uh, but then you get up on your horse and you, you do it again. And it's just, mm -hmm. you know, I, it's, and social media can be a really positive place to influence, but it also can be a super negative place too. And I feel a lot of people turn to social media competitors to where they sometimes post to seek sympathy and, from others. And to me, I never completely understand it because you should know what you're getting yourself into, I guess. But in your in your set in your mindset, like in the women's category, women trying to make it in fitness today, Instagram is a place. Obviously, you can get a ton of followers by posting some photos that necessarily might not be like the best thing to do. Or some women think like the only way to get followers is to post booty pics Monday through Friday or any day that ends with why. Like, what's what's your mindset on social media in terms of? And there's nothing wrong with like sexy pictures on Instagram at all. Mm. People have them, right? But um, if it, if it's in your mindset, like that's the only way to get ahead and you're a male or a female. Is that right? Is that wrong? Do you have an opinion on that? I do, actually. I have a strong opinion. I mean, and in fact, like, I one time kind of talking about getting into um, my fitness modeling career and everything that I was doing at the time. Um, I definitely, and especially with the photographers and being young, and I didn't really have anybody that I was looking up to at the time, I, I mean, there's 100% photos out there that I am not proud of. Sure. Um, but what I like to tell these girls who are trying to kind of make a brand for themselves or a name for themselves, you have to think of it as, would you, if you had 30, if you got 30 followers, even in, let's say one month, mm -hmm. 30, 30 new followers who were like 100% all about you. Right. Like you told, if, if you were like, kitty litter's the new thing to eat, they're like, I'm eating kitty litter. Sure. I love this girl. Like, you know, every, I, I believe everything that she does, like she is, you know, or to get 3000 new followers that only are there for the pictures. There's no, like, there's no, you don't make any, like depending on like what your, you know, what your purpose is on social media, whether it's to gain um, endorsements or right. sponsorships, or maybe you're wanting to sell something. Those aren't the people who are going to endorse you or, or sponsor you. Those certainly aren't the people who are going to be buying things mm -hmm. from you. Um, and I know that it's hard because we just focus on a number. It's kind of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm even so like, you know, and girls, they get so fixated on a scale and like stepping on a scale and like having to see a number or even guys who are trying to get bigger and gain weight. Like they get, they become so fixated on a scale. It's like, we, it's like this number game, even yeah. with social media, it's like how many likes, how many exactly. comments and like, um, 
Yeah, but it just like, and it's so tough because you're like, oh my gosh, well, that girl's doing it and she got, you know, 1500 likes on her photo. Like, I feel like I need to do it. And that's kind of where, you know, and maybe, you know, three years ago or whenever I started doing a lot of charity work, I know there was a part of me who was turned off because I started these girls. Like, I didn't want to be that girl. I, I wanted to stand for a lot more. Yeah. I didn't want to be just a pretty face or a nice body or, you know, having this platform. Like I wanted to, I wanted to have depth. I wanted to have meaning and I wanted to, I wanted to let other girls know that like, you don't have to, you don't have to conform to the way of the world just to feel like that you fit in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's an awesome advice. It's, it's, you scroll through Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And if you see one of those, risque, sexy pictures, the likes are 4X on a, a picture with content and like content you can connect with, um, which is just the world we live in. And, and I think that to your point, that's why someone will see that and be like, I need to do that too. And they do it. So it's really good to hear someone like yourself who accomplished so much saying that you, you don't need to do that if you don't want to. I mean, sure, you can, I guess, if that's your, your thing, but you don't need to. Um, do you think women have come far enough in the fitness world compared to where men are at? In terms of like, you know, men have they put men, and they put women in posters too. But men have like these supplement lines, and they're in Generation Iron. And I mean, the, back to the Olympia example where they're center stage. Do you think women have progressed at all in the last you know five ten years, or do you think it's kind of been kind of like plateaued? No, I mean, I definitely think for the first time in the last, man, I would say like two years, we're starting to have a voice, and I think that women are, are for the first time are, are truly understanding what it means to be um, self-empowered in a positive way to be able to speak up when they believe in something and to know that like, I mean, we don't, we, we shouldn't ever be compared to men because we are our own person. Right. Like yeah. women can do things that men cannot. That's true. Men can do things that women cannot. And I think that the moment that we start, stop comparing like one to the other, know that women have strengths that men will never be able to have mm -hmm. and it makes us extremely lethal in ways that men will never be able to be lethal in. Um, but I think I think for the first time in history women are really starting to come together and support one another and believe in the things that they um, that they truly believe in it's awesome yeah I agree I think it's good and I think that to your point I really like that you said like it's time for us to stop comparing the two because Albeit we're human beings, we're completely different human beings and we do different things. What point, you mentioned you competed, you stepped on stage, like most people who compete or most people who are really big into like the bodybuilding world and stuff, cardio is not our friend. We hate cardio. I mean, but we still do it. But now you're out here doing triathlon distance stuff. Like you went from competing to a person, I don't know if you liked cardio or not back then, but I know I don't enjoy it. I still do it. But now you're doing it like all the time why what happened like how did you switch the mindset and how did you fall in love with something so miserable as cardio that now you absolutely love it <laughs> well i think um you know when i was into like the strength training and the the competing and stuff that was i mean it's still mentally challenging to do that as well it's almost like the endurance training and the long distance and the ultras it almost like challenge my challenges my mind in a different way yeah. if that makes sense and um like i don't know i'm definitely i'm not a, i'm not a runner and i'm not i'm not an endurance athlete and like a like um i guess like what like the body type of an endurance athlete i guess like you know yeah sure absolutely and I think that's also another reason why I love training and being an endurance athlete, because I can show the world that you don't like, you can still be a muscular female and you can have muscle and you can still be an endurance athlete. You don't, again, you don't have to fit this mold of what is an endurance athlete. It's not like it's an equation and, and this is what you are as an endurance athlete. Um, I believe that I can do both and I can be both. And um, before I even started the competitions on stage um i was an athlete playing soccer and that was the one thing that i every time i i felt like i when i got off stage and whenever i would go into my two weeks of um almost like my peak weeks yeah. you know before i would go on stage like i would go into the peak week 
um, like in the best shape, like athletically, like I was so fast, I was equally strong. And it was like the moment I started depleting and the moment I got on stage and I came off and it's almost like, you know, your hormones are like all kind of like funky. And then again, you're like trying to be like, can I eat that? And then you're like, oh my gosh, I just put on five pounds. And I mean, and like you said, you like you do, like it's reverse dieting Mm -hmm. again that you have to learn how to do. And I would always get so frustrated because I felt like the stage, whenever you're on stage, it always lasted for such a short moment. And having an athletic background and going up there and, and feeling as if I had lost my athleticism from like that two weeks and I came off and just super weak. I don't know. Like I, I wanted to get back to kind of training as an athlete and, you know, having endurance, having strength. And that's kind of how I started getting into being a hybrid athlete and then wanting to do uh, endurance training. It's, I get girls and women that reach out to me all the time because I write training programs for people. Obviously, I love fitness, and they're always hesitant to strength train because they just get there's this myth, right? You lift weights, you're going to put on muscle, and you take protein powder, you're going to put on muscle. First off, if you're a lady and you're afraid of putting on muscle, don't be because muscle is sexy. Secondly, it's, it's not that easy to put on muscle, people. Like, it's no. super hard, right? Um, what's I'm sure you get people that hit you up all the time, like, where do I start? I, I, I want to. I want to look like you. I want to be you. That's the, you're in that position. Girls and guys do that all the time. What's the best advice you can give to somebody who is stepping into the weight room for the first time? Um, I might, the best advice that I could give them is it's going to be very intimidating, probably. So um, to get a, get a training buddy, maybe somebody who has some sort of experience sure. in the weight room. Um. I like to encourage people, depending on the gym that they're going to, to sign up for a couple lessons of um, personal training with a one-on-one trainer, because then not only do they help you navigate the gym, they can also teach you the proper lifting mechanics and what your body should be doing and, and you know, shouldn't be doing. And I think it really helps with the confidence whenever mm-hmm. you start going there, going into the gym on your own. Um, other than that, like, I just want to tell women to just not be fixated on the scale and to go into a weight room and just to lift to be strong, mm-hmm. like try to pick up the heaviest dumbbells that you can. Sure. Um, and it's so empowering. And I, I, I know that if people would just trust me on this and especially women and to not be afraid, like they're going to put on a lot of muscle because like you said, it's, it's really, it's extremely hard to put on muscle. Yeah. Um, but to just to go in there and, and to not worry about the scale, but to, to train for strength. Yeah. And they'll really see a lot of change and not just physically, but they'll really see the change internally as well. I think that's great. I mean, for me personally, I've I've been fitness and bodybuilding probably strong now for about 10 years. And like, it took me this long to get this size, 10 years, people, like it's (laughs) not easy. And I eat a ton and I lift every day. Um, So I also want to point out a, a thing that you said there. You said, depending on the gym that you go to, get with a personal trainer. That's actually key because there are a lot of gyms out there that personal trainers, and I don't want, I'm not going to name out gyms specifically, but where the, the personal training staff may not be as educated as they should be to be telling you anyway how to do something safely or appropriately. So just always kind of gauge out your local gyms and, and I mean, quiz, quiz the personal trainer and see if, they, see if they sound like they know what they're talking about too because that's important. Right. Um, you have a tattoo. You have plenty of tattoos, obviously, uh, but you have a tattoo of your kid's DNA. Is that correct? Oh, I do. How yeah, – where does that – that's it. it's interesting, and I think it's super cool and different. Like, there's people who put their kids' names on their body or put like the oh. footprint and stuff, but their DNA, mm-hmm. like, that's it. yeah, it's super dope. It's so awesome. It's like the, the three wolves right here. It's very cool. Does, yeah. Is that something that you've always wanted to do, or how'd you get that idea? Uh, so there's this company called Everent. Okay. And what they did, and it's a new company. They actually just launched this summer. Uh, what was it this summer? No, maybe it was last summer. Uh, my time. I don't trust me. I hear you. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's called, uh, Everance. And I got the, well, my littlest, I did a swab and then the other two, they did, um, a spit culture. Okay. And so they sent it out to this lab. I mean, it's, it's super legit. And in a couple weeks you get back, um, 
their DNA in a powder form. So cool. And you just take it to your tattoo artist and they pull out their, you know, each one had its own, like each one had its own little capsule. That's and nuts. they put their DNA. Yeah. That is so cool. My tattoo. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't, I can't imagine there's a lot of people out there that have that for sure. And that, no. that's such a cool, unique idea. So, uh, how many tattoos do you have? Ooh, I have a lot. Um, two full sleeves. Okay. Which is cool. And then I have a tattoo on my neck. I have finger tattoos. Yeah. Well, not this one. Not this yet, one. Right. Not yet. And then, no, I'm not getting. You're done. Tattoos. You're done. Yeah, I, yes. I would be willing to bet that you will get another one before. Uh, I know. I keep saying they're addicting. I, I want to get. I know. I know. I keep saying I'm done, but um, couple what, finger what, tattoos. What was your first one? Yeah. Your first tattoo. My first. And how old were you? Uh, I think I was twenty. Okay. Maybe. Um, and I got my horners on the back of my neck. Okay. In Hebrew. Very cool. And now you yeah. have lots of them, lots of time in an ink chair for sure. Um, yeah. And you have a tattoo artist, like that's the only person you'll go to. Uh no. Um, but I I have like the one artist, the the guy that did this whole sleeve. It's like a Native American. Um. He is in Arizona, I believe, and he actually flew out here. He was kind of with Everance at the time, and they helped me with that. And then this, you know, it's kind of like each piece that I have, I'll, I'll make sure that one artist finishes my vision yeah. for that piece. Yeah, so, but. Yeah. What, I, what I find super funny is that you said back when you did that show with Chris, Chris Gathen back at the Body Space, you said you weren't sure if you should approach him. Maybe it was a little intimidating. And now you kind of like, you're like intimidating yourself. I mean, you are a badass <laughs> chick with tattoos. You wear like your watch is dope as shit that you're wearing too. Like, so, I mean, people who see you at shows, I mean, obviously there, it's a lot easier to approach you, but do you feel like you have an intimidating presence that people uh, maybe, you don't at all? No, because I'm honest, like honestly. I mean, you're honestly a, a sweetheart of a person talking to you, but like somebody who hasn't met you before and they see you, do you think that they think that you're an intimidating person? Uh, no, I think I'm actually pretty shy. Really? Okay. Yeah. You're shy. Yeah. How many followers do you have on Instagram? How, how can you be shy with that many followers on Instagram and, and, and everything you've know. accomplished? Uh, what's, what, what, what's your, yeah, what's your, like, we talked about business before, like in one word, they say BHAG, like your big, hairy, audacious goal is, is a business term people use. Like what's your big, hairy, audacious goal in your personal life now? Obviously you have 11-year-olds, so that's going to be cool. Teenage years are coming up. Good luck with that. And then, I mean, get them through. RIP. Yeah, right? But, like, you have, like, personal goals for yourself in terms of, like, your self-development and what you want to keep doing? Mm. It'd be nice to, like, slow down. I think if I could pick, like, a, you know, I mean, and it's awesome working for yourself and having these businesses, but, um, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm almost so busy during the day. I don't even have like an opportunity to, uh, to think about that, but like all business aside, like just in my personal life, um, I don't know. I also find like, it's, it's really hard once I've gotten to kind of like where I am to actually ha like find friends, like true friends. Okay. And, you know, over the years, I think that it's kind of, I don't want to say like that I've, that I've built a wall up, but, um, it's gotten more difficult, like kind of like the more that I've gotten into my career and just to make, to make good friends. And I, you know, a lot of it is one, because I am busy all the time and right. my work consumes me. And if it's not my work, it's, it's my boys. And, you know, the other one is, you know, people who they just, maybe they want something from me, you know, or, and I hate even having to like, think, you know, like think that, like that could even be like a possibility, but you know, it's very rare that like good genuine people, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I guess that kind of sounds like negative because I do believe there's a lot of good, you know, good people out there. I have just found that you know, as, as popular that I may, as I may seem and, you know, the cool, like everything that I do. And I know a lot of people kind of in my position can agree that it can definitely be very lonely at the same time. Um, 
So I don't know, but I also like love what I do and I love the people that I'm able to influence and change their lives. And yeah, and you can yeah. go, go, go for quite a while too. I mean, assuming you keep, yeah. keep all the cardio up and I mean, I can't imagine a world which Ashley Horner is not going to be in a gym or doing something fitness related. So, um, <laughs> we have another question too, like supplementation within fitness. I'm, I don't want to talk about drug use. That's not even a relevant topic here, but like steroids is one thing. Supplements are another thing. People, some, some people who think like creatine or steroids, that's not the case. Like what is, what, what is your opinion on sports supplementation, sports nutrition and what you do given like how hard you put your body through things? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a huge, huge factor right now and a huge component in, in my training and it will. So as my training continues to increase, um, because I don't know if you know this, but I'm still training for the 50, 50, 50. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I actually haven't even announced this announced it yet publicly, but it is happening. I'm still training. And we I'm knew you were going to do it. We, we, we knew it was going to happen just yeah. a matter of time for sure. Yeah. I have different coaches this time and a whole different kind of like mindset and how I'm training and everything. Um, but yeah, I think that like people, I, they almost want to, I think it's important, especially for women that there is no miracle drug out there or men. There's, <laughs> There's no, for yeah, anybody, or, right? Or men, anybody. Or men, right. Um, but women, especially because one, they're so hard on themselves oh, yeah. and they're like, I got to lose 10 pounds in three days. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, for me and when it comes to supplementation, I mean, I was using, so I'm, I'm with, this is, you know, Chris Gethin and I's yeah. relationship has kind of evolved over the years. I was using Paige Muscle supplements before I even became a part of um, the KM team and the KM family. And because I really believe in their product and They're the awesome. quality of the yeah. product. Yeah. Um, but it's so huge. And I think that a lot of times we think that, you know, we can just train in the gym for an hour and we still have 23 hours of the day and we're eating like horse shit. Yeah. And we think that just because we took like a scoop of protein, like it's gonna, you know, save, save the day. Yeah. But it really has to be kind of like this, this marriage of the two of your training and good, wholesome supplementation of supplements. I mean, let's just like do, do your research and, and know that there's brands out there who are, they're not putting their money into the product, but they're okay. obviously putting their money into marketing, which is going to make the product seem because they've put all their dollars into their marketing, but they're not putting it into the product. Correct. Um, and then nutrition, you know, like nutrition is huge. And I think that it's really important. And again, it's for men and women, but women, especially you have to have a good relationship with food. Yeah. You have to have a good relationship with food period. And, um, but yeah, I think that, um, especially right now, it's huge for me. Yeah, no, I, I, and that's good to hear you because I mean, sometimes women are hesitant to take supplements. And I think if you train at any decent level, there's a place for it, especially given the consumption of foods that we eat. Typical person, it's like that you get people who are insane about their diets, like myself and yourself are probably very strict on what we eat because we have purpose behind what we're doing, but, uh, they can help. And, and there, there is a place for them. I have two last questions for you. The first one is on the topic of food. Like what is the epic Ashley Horner cheat meal? Mm. Epic Ashley Horner cheat meal. Like, what would you look forward to as soon as you got that final call on stage at the end of the night and you knew like, we're done. Where are you going? Oh. What are you having? Uh, okay. Um, I mean, definitely pizza. Yeah. Is there a certain yeah. like is there a certain like pizza that is your favorite or you just think you don't care? Just pizza, pizza, pizza. No, no, I just don't care. Anything pizza. Um, and then probably like ice cream, like cookie with the ice cream on top. There you go. Yeah, you can't just have yeah. ice cream by itself. You have to have something in it or with it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. and then the last question is like, what is the ideal partner for Ashley Horner? Like if you had like the perfect person to compliment you, like who would that person like what would they be? Um Man, uh, I could have to have people are gonna be taking notes right now. They're gonna be like listening with a with a notepad, being like, "What do I need to I be?" Know. So, right? So, um, stay out of my way. No. <laughs> <laughs> so just never be uh, present, and we're good. Probably just <laughs> yeah. Um, lots of patience. I really crave depth that I'm finding as I'm getting older, and um. 
I've kind of like, I have a really good, almost like internal relationship with myself and kind of my thoughts. And, um, I really crave depth. Um, but other than that, I, I know that like my work can seem, and I know like on, like people don't even see, people don't even see what goes on in the background, sure. like, the businesses and like the work. And it's like, I think that if there was ever a reality show where people actually saw like the type of shit that I had to deal with, it, they would probably be like, oh my gosh, like that is a lot. So, you know, I do have very stressful days. And for me, I feel like my work, um, it's, it can be never ending if I allow it to be. Um, so it's nice to have like someone who's probably not in like that does what I do, you know, that could, you know, just, I don't know, the support and help turn it off if I needed to turn it off. So. Well, you yeah. mentioned the reality show. Like, you have a YouTube channel. You could like make a little YouTube documentary series, and then get all those. And then, obviously, there's a way you can monetize YouTube. You can use that to give back to charities or do whatever you want with it. So, I mean, yeah. you, you might be onto something here to right. use yeah, your platform you again. Yeah. So the website, AshleyHorner.co, um, ESPN covered the, the 50, 50, 50. They're going to be covering it again as soon as you're back in. I'm sure for, it was awesome yeah. to see it on ESPNW. It was super cool. Um, Obviously, you're on Instagram and you post updates all the time. Your stories are hilarious, actually. So, uh, just FYI, she got flowers like yesterday, I think, on a story, and then she kind of just ditched the flowers to the side and, and just wanted to see what Reebok sent. So, that's that's life, yeah. people. That's how you do it. Uh, Ashley, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, this has you. been great. All right, guys and girls, what a conversation. All right, I wasn't kidding. I wasn't kidding when I said the conversation with Ashley was on point. It was real. It was transparent. And that's what we're all about here at Fitness Informant. It's what we're all about here at the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast. Again, if you like this and you love the episode, we have plenty of these. This is episode 12. There's a lot before this. There's going to be a lot after this. We're at Fit Informant on Instagram, at Fit Informant on Twitter, Fitness Informant on Facebook. FitnessInformant.com is the website. But honestly, if you're on iTunes, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button in the bottom corner. If you're listening on Google Podcasts or Spotify, subscribe, rate, and review. Help us get up in the rankings for more people to discover our podcast because we have influential and inspirational guests like Ashley Horner. And we also have other people like Chris Gethin, who was the man that hooked this up. But again, I said this in the opening. I'll say it again. Ashley might go down as one of the best guests or the best guests that I've had on the podcast just because it was something different. And it was from a female point of view and perspective, which I think is extremely important, not only in fitness, but in the world. Uh, coming off the heels of a midterm election here in 2018, in which saw a over 100 women being elected into office which is phenomenal, and I think it's great. We're making strides here as a society and as a country in America, and those of you listening across the world, uh, women power, baby, absolutely. So again, subscribe to the podcast, episode 12. We're going to be having some awesome podcasts coming up, too, featuring Brian Shaw, world's strongest man. Uh, we're also going to be bringing in the guys from Price Plow and Stack to talk about how different Price Plow, Stack, and Fitness Informant are in the world of supplements. So until next time, guys, take away what you can, learn everything, soak it in, apply it to your life, be informed, Live fit, and as always, hang loose.